0: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Sport. In this episode, we're going to sit down with the head coach from the Millsap, Texas, high school Bulldogs football team, Coach Jake Johnson. Now, this is a special episode, one that I have been looking forward to for quite some time. It was several weeks in the planning stage before we've sat down and interviewed Coach Johnson And it's been a couple weeks in post production as well. Jake Johnson is a husband, a father, a son, a coach, a mentor, so many things. But one of the things I learned the most when I sat down and talked with him and his family was how strong his faith in God really was, and how important that is in his life, and how important it is for him to model this for his family. And anybody who sees him, if you ask him, he'll be happy to sit down and talk to you about his faith and about his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the toughest points in his life came last year when he was diagnosed with a form of leukemia. At first, like most people when they get that diagnosis, he was pretty devastated. Couldn't figure out, you know, what the next move was, if he was going to be able to coach the next season, if he was going to be able to watch his daughter graduate, if he was going to be able to go on another deer hunt with his son. But the next morning, he woke up determined to walk through this with his family and the support of friends and community and putting his trust and modeling that trust in Jesus. And something special that happened, um, it wasn't just his wife and kids that he considered family. As soon as his parents learned of his diagnosis that night, they immediately got in the car and drove out from Georgia. And shortly thereafter, his wife's parents also drove out and helped them around the house and help take care of things so that he could focus on coaching, being a husband, being a father, and continuing to trust in Jesus and talk about him. Now, this program is about the sports side as well. And he is a football coach. And one of the most important things to him is not just teaching his boys how to play football, but teaching them how to grow up and be young men. And he finds that to be more important than anything he could teach them football wise. So let's sit down and talk with coach Jake Johnson about his walk in faith and how it is part of his daily life and part of the life that he likes to share with others. So talk to us a little bit about your coaching job with your kid. Well, first let's talk about your faith. Um, yes. I've, I've discovered through others and through talking with you and watching you, your faith walk is integral to everything you do. When did you give your life to Christ?
1: Mm. When I was young, I, I asked Jesus into my heart, young, a, a young boy. Um, and I believe at that moment in time that, that I was saved and washed in the blood. But I really didn't understand it, and I'll never forget, uh, I was in between playing arena football, mm-hmm. and we were in uh, in Western Kansas, cause you know, it, it's kinda like minor league baseball, when you're playing arena football and all that, you, in between playing and going to different places, you find where you can to live and work where you can. Yes. And uh, we were in Western Kansas and, um, you know, I was really digging into the word, and uh, as a matter of fact, I read a book by Lee Strobel called *The Case for Easter*.
0: Oh, okay. And read, Christ. yes,
1: read that book. Read through the New Testament, and I, I really, after reading that book, I, I just remember hitting my knees, and in, in the bay, it was her, it was my in-laws' house, <laughs> and hitting my knees, and really just said, "Thank you. I, I really understand what you did." Like I had a better understanding a better of it, understanding. and I and I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I was a child and I asked Christ into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I'll never forget. I don't. I couldn't tell you the day, but I, but I remember when it happened. You remember doing and it, and I will also remember that moment in time where I hit my knees and said, "I I get it. Thank so you."
0: Almost a recommitment, but not like you'd never not committed. Just. That once you get that that aha moment, that light bulb.
1: That's true, and I felt like that. I had um, felt like I had strayed, you know. And you go back and you read through the the books of the kings and the chronicles, and how you had these kings of Israel and Judah who they did right, but not all the way right. Or they would even Solomon had a falling away. And Mm -hmm, I felt that I felt that I had that, and I wanted to repent of that, and I did so. And then, uh, well, I'll tell you what, you really you really find out what you need to repent of when, when you walk into that cancer center and find out how long you have to live. Yeah. And that's been, uh, boy, that's been a tremendous blessing too, because even through that, God has shown me, you know, hey, these, these are still there and they're still getting in the way. The, I can't move fully. You're not allowing the spirit to move fully in you. You, you can't just put them to the side, son. You gotta burn them. And that's biblical. You just got to be purged. It's got to be burned. It's got to be done away with. The
0: word repent means literally to turn from. Like, so you turn your back on them and walk away. And even though you put them to the side, you've not gone to God and said, please forgive me. And that's right. spread him from the east to the west.
1: That's right. And, and I believe not only that, there, like I said, there has to be a burning. Uh, if you look at in the Old Testament, anytime the Israelites moved into Canaanite land, they burned. They, they purged the idols so you couldn't go back to them. Manasseh did not do that. He just threw them outside the city. And what happened, his son fell back and worshiped those same idols because he didn't burn them. And then um, uh, Josiah, I believe it was Josiah, went in and he burned them all. He even burned the bones of the, of the demonic priests that worshiped that stuff. And that's, that's what we have to do in our lives. And that's something that my family and I have been talking about lately is uh, it's war and you gotta, you got to burn that stuff. You can't, you can't hold on to it or put it over here and think, I can, still, I can still do that or still listen to that or still talk like that and be okay. I, I, don't, I think you got to purge it.
0: It talks about in the Bible, you know, in the New Testament. And I'm really bad. Like, I, I know the Bible and I know what it says and I can quote a few scriptures but I can't, and I, I can tell you what it's saying maybe and not quote the scriptures, but I do know... That it it says that what you put in to you be you know and he, he talk, Jesus talks about being in the food, but that's not literal food, it's for us these days, the music, the people we hang with, as well as if we're consuming things we shouldn't be, be it food or drink or alcohol, um, that's what comes out, and if we're putting negative things into us. That's what's going to come out of us, bitter things into us. That's what's going to come out. So I do believe it's important.
1: Yes, and that's, that. I mean, the Lord Jesus, uh, the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, he said multiple times, what proceedeth out of a man's heart will come out of his mouth, mm-hmm. and that's what defiles him. So, yeah, what you, what you put in is what's going to come out at some point in time.
0: Yeah. And I know i struggle still, you know, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God and none is righteous before him. And it's through the shedding of his blood that we get to be righteous before him. And such an amazing thing and that grasp and that you're sharing it with your family. But I've come to find out that you also share it with your boys on the team. Yes, ma'am. And that is such a rare thing. I mean, we're very fortunate. We live in Texas. And... Um, we have a little more freedom to do that, and you're here, and um, the first day I met you, you handed me a card with a Hebrew word on it, and I kept it, it's in my bag. Um, You said you do that with the boys as you try to help them navigate the fields of life.
1: That's right, Uh, since I've been here every week during football season, we do a man card, and it's a trait of manhood, and this year, I've been teaching them Hebrew, and we've been because if you study Hebrew, uh, the meaning of the Hebrew words, and the and I mean the what the the beginning of Scripture, you know, it's Hebrew Aramaic. There's several languages, Greek, yeah. but if you look back to the to the Hebrew, the meaning is very enriching to study Hebrew. It gives, gives it a little different. Context. It's also very convicting when you realize how watered down sometimes it is in some of our translations.
0: Yes, it is. So you've, you started the season, and you get the news that you have leukemia. You've got a wife, you've got children, you've got a job, you've got additional responsibilities in mm. coaching, you've got, I'm sure you're heavily involved in your church, now you've been diagnosed with this leukemia, you're already walking in faith. How was your initial response? Mm to
1: that. Well, I'm looking at my wife because uh you want pause? No, that? no. We're okay. okay. This is I got nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely
0: not.
1: <clears throat> I will never forget that weekend. Uh we the weekend before, me and the kids had went to deer camp. My daughter killed a killed a doe. We was trying to fill the fill the freezer, you know, because we season was over, and we love eat venison. So uh, Peyton had killed a doe, and she had a basketball game that next Friday, and uh, I had went in for just routine blood work because I. You know, obviously as a coach, I have high blood pressure. It kind of comes with the job and just being
0: screaming and yelling
1: and- being a former offensive lineman that leans towards high blood pressure too. But uh, we were at her basketball game. It was at Millsap. We were playing Comanche. I'll never forget. And I get a call and this is, you know, late afternoon, evening. And it's the doctor and he says, hey, are you okay? I said, Yeah. He said, uh, you feel sick or tired? I said, well, man, I, I mean, that's, I feel tired all the time. That's part of my job. And he said, you need to go to the ER right now. Wow. Your, your white blood cell count is critical. Uh, and I, I kind of stopped and I said, whoa, whoa, are you sure? And he said, you're a grown man. I can't make you do anything, but your white blood cell count is critical. You need to go to the ER. Maybe this is a bogus test, but. I'm just telling you, you need to. So I said, okay, I'll, after my daughter's game, so I finished Peyton's game and then uh, told my wife that I'm gonna go in and I'll, I'll go over here. We got a, one of them little 24 hour ERs and I know one of the doctors there, he's a, he's a friend. And so I go in, I said, hey doc, you know, I got this call. Can you run my numbers and just make sure everything's okay? Maybe, maybe I got a virus I don't know about. Just, you know, see what's going on. So I go in. And uh, about 20 minutes later, he shuts the door, hugs my neck and he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but you got leukemia. Wow. And I, that, um, that was uh, obviously that, that's one of those times that you never forget. And, I, and I'll also never forget as I was walking out of that little ER, all of the, the individuals who were working there, you know, different doctors and whatnot you know everyone was just looking at me so sad like there's a dead man walking like I'll never forget the look in their eyes I remember telling my wife that like everybody was looking at me just with the sorrow and pity in their eyes cuz everybody knew cuz they were trying to get me in cuz this was Friday night yeah, they were trying to get me to an oncologist and so I got in the truck and called my wife and told her and and that you know that weekend that was hard Life and that's what life. they told me. They said the, one of the hardest parts of this is the waiting, especially, this is Friday. You're not going to see an oncologist till next week. So you're going to go all weekend wondering. And he, and he was preparing me. Yeah. Uh, I even went back up to talk to him again. Uh, oh. So, you know, and, and, and your mind goes, obviously, it goes to the worst place first. And I, I remember thinking, you know, and, and talking to my wife am I ever going to get to take the kids back to deer camp? You know, am I, am I going to get to see my daughter graduate? Am I going to get to see my son play high school football? And I mean, praise the Lord, we just got back from deer camp and my son <laughs> shot him a nice buck this last weekend. Got but all, all, oh, there's no doubt all of, those, all of those thoughts are racing through your mind. And that, that weekend, that first night, that was Friday night, I didn't sleep at all. I couldn't sleep. Uh, of course, my wife couldn't either. Right. She's With your
0: mind kind of going on the what ifs? And <laughs> did you go to the why me spot? Or? I
1: didn't go to the why me. I went to the I went to the the desperation of true repentance, and, and saying to the Lord, I I couldn't say it, and I remember telling my wife, I can't bring myself to say this. I went to when Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. Take this cup. But if not, not my will, your will. And he did that three times. And I remember saying, I can't say that right now. And I felt bad. I felt bad because I could not, I could not emulate our Savior at that point in time. And that's what I wanted to be able to do.
0: Was that because when we say your will, God, sometimes it's a scary thing as to what God's will will bring us. And in the case of cancer, his will is you're healed, his will is you got a long walk or his will is you're not healed. And I think a lot of people don't wanna say your will because they don't like where that might take them.
1: Yes, and I think, like I said, uh, I think Jesus demonstrated that because I think at that point in time he took on all of our sins. He, he, he took on being fully human. Yeah. And I think that was another point in time, you know, everybody knows about when he was tempted by Satan and his answers to Satan, he's quoted scripture at him. But I think at that in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was more temptation from Satan. And if you look, and this is another reason we study Hebrew, Gethsemane, that that meaning is olive press. Gethsemane is the Greek, because that was in Greek. Okay. And Gethsemane means an olive press, ah, a, where great uh, pressure is applied, yes. especially how they did it back then. The and, and how amazing is that, that the pressure that, that our Lord and Savior took on in the garden of great pressure, uh, uh, olive press, that's where, that, that's oh, where that, those prayers happen.
0: And at that time, you know, I can only imagine Jesus was feeling alone, probably a little scared, And, of course, at one point, abandoned, betrayed, because they all left him at that time. And, you know, Peter denied him three times. And he was alone as he went through the process of going before Pilate and everything before being put up on that cross. You had your family. And I can imagine next to God, the first thing you're turning to is your family for that support.
1: Absolutely. And it was just... uh... You know, my my family here, um, being here, uh, just listening, Mm -hmm. listening, and uh, the support of my wife and then my children also, you know, that's a lot to throw on them. But then the the great comforter, the Holy Spirit, and how even uh, there did come a point where I, you know, Christ tells us that his sheep know his voice. And there did did come a point where he told me, I got you. It's not going to be easy, but I got you. And I'm going to be with you. Um, And that came, (laughs) that point in time came after the not by my words, by the cancer center, by the the lab text at the cancer center's words, uh, the first miracle that that I encountered
0: That's wonderful.
1: Yes, and uh, the the miracle that I'm speaking of, so when this process started, uh, my white blood cell count was was a hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty five thousand, babe. 120,000. Um, and then when, when we first went into the cancer center, they gave me a medicine that just wipes everything out. Uh, okay. And it brought my white blood. I took that for, <clears throat> for a couple weeks, I guess. And it brought me down to about 60,000. Of course, normal, a normal white blood cell count, I've, I've learned a whole lot, oh, is sure. about six or 7,000. That's so normal. you're still
0: 10 times oh, yeah. the normal amount.
1: And once again, uh, to speak of the goodness of God, I hired a football coach from Oklahoma seven years ago. His wife works at the Weatherford Cancer Center. Oh, wow. I had no idea when I hired this man six years ago what they were going to do. And that whole weekend when they found out they had already started working behind the scenes. And Coach Bass and his wife, uh, she already had me set up. I was in to see the oncologist on Monday. The really? oncologist got me to my, the, you know, the bone marrow extraction Depression. and the hip extraction. Just, yeah. That was that was not fun. That yeah. was on that was on Tuesday, and my CT scans were on Wednesday. So I had everything done as far as my scans and all that within uh, three days of the weekend. And again, that was all.
0: That's God's timing it is. So that, to kind of give you that peace That's right. that you needed moving forward so you could
1: continue. To That's right. Life. And so then I go and you know the the oncologist, he starts me on this other medicine because he says, we've got to find out because you know, leukemia is a weird animal. Uh, there's different types. And then of course, it's, a, it's one of those cancer. It's blood cancer. So yes. it's, it's different. Uh, and then it can mutate and, 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 and do, it's, it's, very, it's very different. So when we get the official diagnosis that I have chronic myelogenous leukemia, so when you think of cancer, most people, you know, you go into the hospital for a month or so, you go through rounds of chemo, and then, you know, hopefully you're done and you get to move on. Um, with chronic leukemia, it's, I, I take, I don't have a port. I don't go in for intravenous chemotherapy. I take a pill and I'll have to take it the rest of my life. But, you know, with chronic, you just suppress it. There's no getting rid of it. You keep it suppressed as long as you can. You know, so the worst thing to do is go to Google and type this stuff in. Because it's, I mean, yeah, you could have a broken leg and they're going to tell you you could die in a month. So yeah. uh, I, I avoided that. But I, you know, I did find some research that said, you know, CML, chronic myelogenous leukemia, if, if you don't respond to treatments, mm-hmm. then your, your life expectancy is two and a half, three years. If yeah, if you don't if you don't uh, so he he starts me on the oral chemotherapy, and I went back in after being on it for about three or four days, and my white blood cell count had jumped another thirty eight thousand it was back up to ninety eight hundred thousand from sixty. I left feeling very. I, I remember even calling my brother, and I need to start getting some affairs in order. Did you,
0: you, said, did you feel a little defeated,
1: or? I didn't, re- I don't know that I felt defeated. I, I still just was trying to put myself in a position, and I mean, this is the truth. I, I still continued to try to put myself, or allow myself to be able to, to say what Christ said in the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was still struggling with that. But come to find out, it's because that's, that's not what God had planned for me at that point in time. So He was not that, that grace was not there because I didn't need it. Um, and what I have found out, I'll, I'll go down a little rabbit hole. God has given me everything I've needed when I've needed it. Not wanted it or not everything I've wanted when I think I need it even down to rest. Like I said the first night I didn't sleep. The second night I just prayed, "Please Father, on the authority of your word on Philippians 4, I just want rest." And I slept for 5 or 6 hours that night. That was wonderful. So everything I've needed he's given me. So when I go in and it was going the wrong way, my oncologist college was like, "Hey, you know, he, he he's really good. He's sharp. Man, he's sharp." And he said, "Hey, you know, don't you know, don't don't panic. Let's you know, stay on it and maybe we'll see an improvement and next time. So I stayed on it and it was not even a month. It was about three weeks that I went back for labs. And and this right here, this was uh, this was boy, this was truly incredible. My oncologist comes in and he sets my, my chart down and he just looks at me and he says, You're normal. I couldn't speak, and he just looked at me and he kind of started laughing. He said, you look surprised, and I said, yes, like what? Say that again, and he showed me on the paper where my levels had returned to normal. And so the ladies in the lab, the lab is connected to the cancer center. Uh, They're separate entities, but they're, they're living in the same building. I was, because they were so supportive. And when I was in there last time, they were just, you know, hey, we got you. We're gonna, they were just very supportive. Those ladies were very good to me. And I wanted to go show them. And I had my paper, and I was walking over to the lab, and the lab tech, she stopped me. And she just said, I know. She goes, I know. I ran your test. And then she told me, she said, when I saw the name and I saw the number, I didn't believe it. So she said, so I didn't believe it to the point to where I re-ran the test. And then she said, I re-ran it again and got the same. The third time. And even at that, she still wasn't convinced. And she said, so I pulled out another smear and ran it again and got the same thing. And she looked at me and she said, that's a miracle. That doesn't happen like that.
0: I think that just shows God's work and everything and it shows the amazing perfection of what he can do and people are like God doesn't exist. Well there's no way you can't tell me that God isn't alive and performing miracles in his timing and he surrounded you with the people that were supporting you. We got you, we got you. I mean he could surround you with anybody. Like, like you said, when you walked out of the ER that first night, they just looked
1: at you like. <laughs> yeah, that was a sinking. Well, we won't be ever? Seeing <laughs> yeah. <again." laughs> yeah, and, and I want to I wanna make it known that's not my words because I'm a coach. I'm very yeah. critical. I'll find something wrong with everything. <laughs> that's their words. As a matter of fact, not only that, she, we ran into her that weekend. You know, never seen her in very sweet lady, very professional. We ran into her that weekend and she, I introduced her to my family and she told them, she said, your dad's a miracle. And like I said, that's not my words. Somebody that's, else. that's a professional's words. that does it for a living. And, uh, you know, that when I came home, uh, I came home and again, I couldn't speak. I, I fell on my knees. I put my face on the floor and I wept. At that point in time, I had nothing else to give, uh, no words, No. there was nothing I could do. I mean, it's almost, whew, you almost think, you know, you can't, you can't look on God. You can't look on his face. He's too holy. And you just, you wonder, what's it going to be like? Because I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. That's all I had. There's no words, no feeling. No words put the feelings, the gratitude, the the thankfulness, the awesomeness. That's right. Apply
0: words to it.
1: And at that point in time, that's when he told me, "I got you, son. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to be tough. You're going to battle. You're going to hurt, because since it, you know, I'm not in molecular remission yet, but I'm headed that way. And it's, you know, taking those chemo pills every day is. less than ideal. It could be worse. I'm not complaining yeah. at all. Well, at sure, all.
0: You know, like most medications, there's side effects uh, that are just not enjoyable.
1: But that's when he told me, I've got you. I'm with you. You're gonna have to battle. It's not necessarily gonna be easy, but I've got you. And then I, I read that in Genesis 28, when he told Jacob, he said, I will be with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. He said, I will bring you back to this land but I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised. And that's what he told me. He said, you're you're going to come home one day, but only when I I say. Yes. And so uh, that was, you know, that point in time was incredible. And and that, that showed me, not only was he going to give me time, but I now have a job to go speak of his goodness and to use this. So I immediately told the kids, I, Braun was actually home at the time, so he knew. Then I went and found Peyton at school and I told her. And then, you know, I, I still had time to make athletics. So I got to tell, I got to tell the team. Um, and you know, that was just a huge blessing to be able to speak of the goodness of the Lord and and of his power and and how you know, I mean, it's you know, football is the greatest metaphor to life. It's hard, it's tough, it's not easy, but it's worth it. The
0: wins are great, and the losses great. That's worse. right.
1: And so, just because something's hard, don't mean that it ain't going to be good for you. Character building. So.
0: Um. Yeah. And you. You know. You are an amazing. I don't. Miracle for sure. In person, through this all. You've been able to share your faith. You've been able to continue to work. I mean, it really, a lot of people, you know, they're in the, with leukemia or cancer, they're in the hospital, they're weekend, uh, physically, and I'm sure you've had your moments in your days where your body's just like, I'm tired today. But I mean, you've been able to go and coach, and you've been able to go and participate with your kids and your wife, and like you said, Went to Deer Camp and <laughs> yes, ma'am. something you were like, oh, oh my gosh, will I ever get to? There you were, and God's really blessed you and allowed you to do those things. And how has this affected the athletes on your team, the the young men that you interact with on a daily basis?
1: It's it's been good because it's allowed it's allowed me to open up and be even more honest with them, and. Uh, And to bring them along in this journey of the goodness of God and his provision and his power. And, uh, you know, I I love my players. I do. Uh, They're they're not just players. They're young men. And that's a ministry. That's my ministry.
0: That's where God's placed you.
1: And I'll never forget I had, when I first told him that I was diagnosed, I had one of my players came up to me and he said, Coach... Leukemia didn't get you, leukemia got all of us. That meant the oh, world to me, for a, for a 16, found. 17 year old kid to come up and say that. And so, you know, it, You know, there's been times where I've just had to tell them, you know, guys, if, if I go sit down, I, again, by the grace of God, I didn't miss a day of practice. I had great trainers that kept water <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I didn't miss a day of practice. Not again. Oh, She does, and it was hot this summer. Uh, I didn't miss a day. You know, there were times where I'd have to go sit down, and, and I have great coaches who just took over, and I, I would just go sit down for a little bit. Uh, you know, but the kids understood, and, and there were times where I'll never forget at the beginning of the season when I, you know, there are some side effects that I'm battling, and uh, it at times it would make me a little more, I guess, frustrated or or irritable oh, than normal. Terrible. And I had to apologize to my team and tell them, guys, it's it's not it's not y'all. I'm just I'm battling. But so
0: what an example. I mean, first off, they they get to walk with you through this and see as not just a man handling this, but a man of faith handling this journey that they're on with you and how you respond to the different things, the highs and the lows of being on the football field the highs and lows of what the medication does to you and manning up and, hey, I am sorry. A lot of people can't say that, you know, or it comes out and it's just a five-letter word. They don't mean it, but when you've got somebody that models what it's like to go through the hard times and go through what could be the ultimate hardest thing that somebody might go through, and they can see it and how you are just relying on Christ and stepping up and trying to embrace you know the 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 concept the fruits of the spirit <laughs> and
2: then
1: yeah.
0: share that with them.
1: I don't know how good of a job I did, but I can tell you this. It certainly allowed me to speak truth into them that that their value is not in winning a football game. Just like my value as a coach is not in the scoreboard of a football game. I mean yeah but I'm going to be honest with you, my, my value is the scoreboard of heaven. Yeah. And when I stand before the Lord, he is not going to ask me the score of any game, but he, I will be held accountable for how I carried myself. And that's what I got to, te- to tell those young men. Uh, when I was in the cancer center that first time, because I really remember thinking this, I could not tell you the score of any game. And we've won some big games, we've lost big games, and everything in between. I could not tell you the score of any of those games, but one thing that was going through my mind was have I done enough? Have I, have I told them enough? Have I modeled enough? And that's what I told them, that your value is not in the scoreboard. Your value is in how you carry yourself. Do you act like a man on the field? That's where your value lies. Yeah, um,
0: and I know, I've, I've watched many games, you know, where they get in fights in the game, or they're mouthing off in the game, and I've watched coaches in the different games that I've been to. Um, I'll admit, high school football is relatively new to me um, since moving to Brock, because I was a cross-country runner, and our invitationals were always Saturday morning, so you couldn't really stay at the football game, <laughs> so um, really, and my son didn't participate in football, he was a motocross rider, so... Um, learning the high school football and how intense it is here in Texas. Uh, The fact that you have a coach that can step back and say, yes, winning is important. Um, Playing good is important. But ultimately, what's important is how you live and walk your life and is it your heart in alignment with Christ. And I think that the young boys seeing that can be learning a valuable lesson
1: from that. That's my hope and prayer, and you know that's um, God wants men to act like men, and the, the 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 you know button heads and the testosterone flowing. That's good and that's, that's healthy. Right. I don't mind some of that. You know, we need it as men. We need that. I mean, you know, David he ran at Goliath. He didn't walk towards him. You, you read First Samuel seventeen forty eight. David ran. He was ready He was ready He's to ready. fight. Uh, so there's a time and a place, and football gives us a chance to do that. You know, I tell them there, there's no other thing you can do where the more at school, where yeah. the more violent you are, the more you get rewarded. But then at the same time, there there's a there is a measure of composure and realizing that that okay, at the end of the day, how I carry myself is way more important than that score.
0: Yeah, I listened to uh, you a portion of you talking to. Um, at the Fields of Faith, and you talked about a young man who always wore a cross necklace. <laughs> and I'm sure you remember talking about it since it was just a couple of weeks ago, and how it almost seemed to me like the young man didn't know if he was truly saved. And um, you talked to him, and then you talked to them about, uh, you know, if you walk the aisle and said that, but you're off still doing X, Y, and Z, mm are you really saved? Are you walking with Christ? So you're just wearing this cross because it's there. And um, I I remember in that conversation you were talking about with him that he actually repented right then and gave his life to Christ. And I think that speaks um, as a mentor to people, that you are a mentor to these young men uh, as football players, um, as, as young men, as Students in that school, you know, and that spreads out. Hopefully
1: Well, that's That's my hope and my prayer is that I, I take What the Lord has given me and that I use it for him not for myself uh, you know <laughs> You read the book of Ecclesiastes and it'll humble you yes, all, no, all, all things come and go everything's vanity but what remains what you leave behind is how you carried yourself. Did you, did you, you know, for, for me personally, did I, did I minister the gospel with my mouth, but not only with my mouth, more importantly, with how I live my life.
0: With your actions as well. Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job out there. God's given you a very unique place to do it football field where usually football in Texas is a second only to God and I think that's by only this much sometimes depending on who you're talking to so the fact that you can take those boys and be that example and minister them to you I think that is a God given place for you to be and nobody wants to say you know I hope you're sick or I want you to have leukemia but I mean God gave you this 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 uh burden to carry like Paul That's and right. and you're using it to continue to minister to these kids yes. to continue to drive home what's important. And
1: Well, I'll I'll say this and I <clears throat> we have a a dear friend who is battling leukemia right now and you know, she's having a hard time, so I say this. Uh, I I do not say it in a disrespectful way, but I would not trade what the Lord has done for me with this for anything. And Again, I, I don't say that in a disrespectful manner. I say it because through this, the Lord has shown me where there are some things that I needed to purge, that I needed to burn. Uh, he has taught me still, mm-hmm. <laughs> still daily. Um, and so, and, and maybe that's hard for people to understand, but I've never been so joyful. I've never had true, I mean, I've, I've had joy and, and happiness comes and goes, but the joy that has come through this from the Lord, it it is supernatural. It, it cannot be duplicated by man. No, it cannot.
0: And it's evident in the way you talk and the way you handle yourself and interact with those young men on the field.
1: Yes, ma'am. Well, and I, and I, and I want to say this as well because I think it's very important. Uh, this profession, the coaching profession, uh, it is not something that people are running to nowadays. <laughs>
0: or teaching. So, uh,
1: Matter of fact, they're running away from it. But I want to say this. There have been, I am so thankful to be in this profession, and there are so many good men who are doing the same thing I am and probably doing better than I am. But I have had so many coaches reach out to me uh, men that I've never met. There have been guys that I have never met just reached out and just encouraged me. Uh, guys that have gone through leukemia, wow. that have gone through other cancers. Uh, coaches from other states have reached out to me just to offer encouragement. Uh, there's been some of the, the head coaches from some of the colleges here in Texas have reached out to me and, and hey, coach, we're praying for you. You're going you're gonna to win this. You know, that's really, really awesome. And, and I can't say enough again. that That's a testament to our profession. Uh, and there's so many people that that out there and and they fight for coaches, you know, the the Dave Campbell's crew and Matt Stepp and and, and Terry, they fight for coaches because they see what all these coaches do Mm -hmm. and how many lives they touch. But a lot of the general population just goes negative on them. And I, I just want to say how, how much of a blessing it is to be in this profession, and how thankful I am. And I I, I can't sit here and name them all by name because I'd leave somebody out. And, and as a coach, you know, you don't ever leave anybody's name out.
0: Oh no, you in trouble there.
1: But uh, it really has just been a, a awesome to see and receive that support from the from the coaching community, and really uh, here in Texas, uh, other states as well. Uh, it's it's certainly a, a special a special group.
0: It is. Um, I feel that God has put you right where he wants you and you've responded and went right where he has led you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Well, it's, we, um, I've given it all to him. I've surrendered it all because you, (laughs) I guess the thing about cancer is it's frustrating because it's, my son and I were talking about this driving out to deer camp. It's it's not something you can go fight. It's not something you can go beat up or outwork. Or, uh, I mean, you can fight obviously with with how you live your life, but you know, physically, it's not something yeah. you can go take care of. You. You can't um, just
0: go. Okay, I did this today, and it's yeah, gone. that's
1: right. You, uh, you. It's been it's been a blessing to learn. Uh, for me, and and to, fully. Rely on the Lord, His Holy Spirit, because there's the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same Spirit that lives in me, lives in my children, lives in my wife, lives in you, lives in all those who, are, who have repented, who are born again and washed in the blood. Not by anything we've done, my goodness. Just by His and, grace and, and mercy. And you know, I don't... My biggest hope and prayer from this is that uh, anyone, if they don't, if they don't have a relationship, man, religion is man-made. That That's man, denominations, that's man-made. Uh, the Lord Jesus, none of that. The Lord Jesus never told us to go build four walls and make it a church. The temple will be rebuilt one day, but that's, that's not the local. There's nothing wrong with the church. Don't misunderstand me. But uh, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about... Uh, confessing your sins before a holy God because he is holy and we will stand judgment but Jesus' last words on the cross it is finished I've paid the price it's done those who accept it are, are free of the punishment of sin and then we repent and we give our life to him and uh, boy I just I want I want that all should do that and come to know him as our lord and savior and have that personal relationship and uh, that personal walk and then be filled with the holy spirit.
0: I don't even know what else to say after that. There's <laughs> nothing I can say to that. It's so amazing and cuz I agree. <laughs> so, hey, there we go. Well, the glue of the family, <laughs> the mom, the wife, the one who Helps everybody cohes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for opening your home to me and letting me come in and just learn about your
3: family. Absolutely. We're right. happy to have you here.
0: So you've um, made this your home for nine years, you've said. Absolutely. And your kids love it here. You love it here. And you've got that wonderful man there leading your family. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about yourself. A
3: little bit about me. Yeah, I mean, you said you're a hairdresser. I am. I do hair at Lusso in Hudson Oaks, and I've done that for a long time. I do a lot of wedding hair and makeup. And, um, it's good to
0: know. Keep that in mind. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just try to be as good of a coach's wife as I can, and mom to sports kids and, you know, those kind of things.
0: You know, coach's wife, um, <laughs> I... Imagined for a long time now what it must be like to be a coach's wife during football season, and I know you're battling a little bit of laryngitis right now. Mm-hmm. So um, just do what you can. But what is it like being a coach's wife in general?
3: Well, it's very busy. Um, we like to go to all the things. We like to go to all the games. We come to some practices. I've over the years I haven't done as much recently because I've been busy with Peyton and Bronze things. I like to make cookies for the team. We make Sunday dinners every single week for the coaches um, while they're up there game planning. We rotate through the wives and um, we make it our personal mission to be the cheering section and to bring the juice, is what we call it, to yeah. every game to make sure we're the loudest and proudest in the stands. And we have all of our noise makers and, yeah, just, you know. <laughs> noisemakers. And it's just very popular
0: things noisemakers, bells, and shakers. Um, so you watch your husband on the field as he does. I mean, you watch him, you said, during practice too sometimes and interacting with the other coaches and students. Um, what do you see with his faith on the field and in the walk? What do, you, what, do you, what do you notice?
3: You know, Jake is a pretty commanding presence. Yes. He's a large man, and he's got a booming voice. He's a very, a very commanding presence, but
0: like a teddy
3: bear. Yes, absolutely. The way he loves those young men. And he's always told me that his main goal in life is to create men and then teach them how to play football. And he really he really does that out there and even interacting with his coaching staff, you know, one of them they were roommates in college. You know, they've oh, been wow. friends for over 20 years. And we have become such a tight-knit family and just um even the respect the kids have for him and his coaches and just, there's just this mutual love and respect on the field and how he leads them is awesome. And he, his goal is always to lead them straight to Christ
0: every time. And it sounds like he's, you know, doing that, listening yeah. to some of the stories I've heard. So that's really wonderful. How has um, the, the faith helped you through this walk that you're going through right now with you know, you're know, you a coach's wife, you got kids in sports, you've got your own job, and then you guys get hit with, hey, I've got leukemia. How has your faith helped you handle all of that?
3: Well, I don't know how people get through life-altering diagnosis without it. Um, the comfort and presence of, of God has been, it has literally been everything. Because when we first initially found out, that is a shock to the system and when you don't know anything other than he has leukemia. And like Braun said, I kind of had a moment there in Millsap in front of all the people and it was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I felt bad at the time because it's like there was all these people I've known for years around me but I couldn't make out faces or words or anything, I just wanted to leave. That's all, I just wanted to go home and I wanted to see him and I wanted to just hold him. I don't know, I just wanted to be at home with him. and. Um, be anywhere other than where I was, but it, in those moments of crisis and the unknowns and the uncertainties, it's just, he has this uncanny ability to ground us in those moments to just bring us back to reality and be like, I still have you, even though this is hard and, and there's a lot you don't know, I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He knows what we don't know. That's right. And, uh, he knows what's up the road and. We just gotta listen to him and follow him down the road he has for us, absolutely not the road we want to choose because I'm sure the road you would choose he'd be healed right now and never have to deal with it again and absolutely life goes back to normal, but that's not you know the cup christ gave or God gave you, and uh but you guys are handling it with such grace and faith, and it's really evident in the way you talk and the way you walk and um The way I've watched him interact with his team on the field I had said I really wanted to get back to see more of that Um, just the respect I've heard other people say and I can imagine extends to the family too because you're all an extension of him and what he's pouring out there I'm sure is tenfold in here
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I always say that everybody loves him, but they're kind of glad I'm along for the ride. <laughs> it's I, and I I will say a lot that it's the only profession where other women can come up to you and say, "I love your husband so much," and it's totally okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're
0: not. Yeah, no. I, they're really
3: glad he's the one in charge of their son for that many hours a day. Yeah, and yeah.
0: they're they're meaning they love the fact that they're he's working with their absolutely. child, and it's it's just so it's just an honesty, grateful. A grateful, gracious thing and yes. stuff. And, you know, with Christ leading your family, you know, where you stand. Yeah. So that's really amazing. So um, as we're going to edit out this big pause here, because I don't know okay. what to say, I'm drawing a big blank. It's happened in interviews.
3: Uh, it talk, happens.
0: Talking to a coach, I'm be like, yep, I had a question. Don't remember. Somehow it magically disappears out of the
3: interview. Yeah, that's okay. There's, I feel like there's Editing a few magic. things. Yes, Editing edit magic. all you want.
0: So, how do you feel uh, that your walk influences your children?
3: You know, you always hear more is caught than taught. And you know that you're being watched all the time. Yes. And they're going to pick up what we do, whether it's good or bad and or indifferent. You know, they're going to. Emulate what we do, and I want to make sure that I'm modeling the right things. You know, I I want to make sure that Bible time is important. Am I as good at as him? Probably not. He He's, I mean, I admire watching him, and it also makes me want to do more. Um, the things we listen to in our car, the way we talk, the language we use or don't use, like... Those kind of things, I want to make sure that the the still, small voice of Christ is always in the back of my head and saying they're watching, Mm -hmm. you know, and and this is what they're going to take with them because, you know, they're going to be adults and they're going to have families of their own, and I want them to live that as well, you know, for their kids. For
0: their kids, yeah. Sounds like you're doing a great job, I mean, just talking with Mm -hmm. them. You know they really respect the both of you and look up to you, and it sounds like this. Um, you know you are a very close family and a close family that has come that way through living according to God's will, and and then God's will throws in this, yes. and it's really <laughs> brought your family even closer together in love and in your walk through faith.
3: It absolutely has, and. When he was very first diagnosed, you can't help but... And this is where my mind went. I looked back at wasted moments. There were so many wasted moments that in that weekend of knowing nothing other than he has cancer... I feel like we could have cherished so much more time and valued so much more time and and done things myself, reacted to things differently and you know, I, that was one of the things we committed to each other in that moment, and, and with our kids, we just, we don't want to be time wasters anymore, and we want to value and cherish these moments that God gives us together. Are we going to meet each other in eternity? Absolutely, we will, but He has us here for a purpose and a plan, and He wants us to have these moments together that that are really beautiful as a family and and to share Him with other people. We don't want to learn about Jesus and then keep Him to ourselves. We just want to spread Him out everywhere we can, you know? Yeah. And we just don't want to have all those wasted moments that, you know, those opportunities we could have had or, like I said, how we, we've always been close, like they said, but you just can't help it in those moments. Like, I, I want to do so much differently, you know?
0: Really cling to your family more. Absolutely. cling Faith. to God and share Him and... Uh let him lead you absolutely and it's i I keyed in on you know the wasted moments and how you decide you know it's just occurred to you you decided you needed to grasp those and that it just sometimes seems so sad that that it it takes i won't say a tragedy but something of this magnitude to make us reevaluate how we spend our time and I know I'm as guilty as anybody in that sometimes as well, that I could be cherishing my family and spending more time with my family or more time in the Word than I do, more intentional time.
3: That's right. So, and, and you know, we get caught up in the everyday. We get caught up in the day-to-day life. And like Braun was saying, the messes and yes. the needing to get here and needing to get there and not being able to eat at home or just kind of eat out again. And you know, you just get caught up in the normal routine of things and football and Everything else, you know, and it it does kind of teach you to take a step back a little bit and slow down and really um, reevaluate your priorities in life and And make adjustments.
0: Yeah, and when your kids see you do that, you're modeling something for them that they can take in, whether they realize they're taking it in or not, Mm -hmm. begin to emulate that. And... Off the field as well as on the field for both of them. That's right. And um, eventually pass that on themselves and live that in a conscious way.
3: Absolutely, conscious is key. Being conscious and aware. Intentional. A very intentional. word
0: that we've batted around in our women's group a lot is intentional.
3: Absolutely. So
0: very important.
3: Mhm.
0: Thank you so much. You're so
3: welcome. Thank you. And thank you for coming.
0: Oh, I've enjoyed. <laughs> I have enjoyed learning so much about your family. Awesome. And just your walk and how intentional it is. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Peyton, you're the oldest. Yes. Yeah. And not only the oldest, but you work with your dad. I do. You're the athletic trainer for his football team. And Mm. do you do sports on your own?
2: I do. Um, I played basketball for two years, but I'm not doing that anymore because I'm doing powerlifting and track.
0: Track is awesome. I have to. I have to say, track is awesome. Powerlifting. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're so dainty. <laughs> so
2: that's my favorite, actually, and it's one of my favorites because it's me and my dad's sport. Is what we call it. We'll train year round and we'll lift constantly. And then he's there by my side. He's always calling me up whenever it's meet times. To, when I'm squatting, it's always one of my favorites. Helping spot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Something
0: you get to do with your dad, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. Um, so, has your dad been a big leader and influence in your faith yes. walk? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, tell me, how old were you when you accepted Christ?
2: I was seven.
0: Seven. So, you were pretty young.
2: Yes. But you've
0: had this family that, mm-hmm. you know, two parents, mom dad, just pour into you the whole time and help you grow in mm-hmm. your faith. So, how did it affect you when you found out that your dad had leukemia?
2: Well, I mean, it's really weird to think. Like, I still can't wrap my head around it. It's like, you don't fully understand, and I probably never will, but it definitely affects you in a huge way whenever you're doing, like, competing now. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're competing for Him and God. Mm -hmm. Like, I do everything now for Him and the Lord. And... I try to, and I try to stay strong also for my brother now. Younger more than you. Yes, and I want to show him, like, it's going to be okay. And, like, I want to be that strong leader for him too as well. But it definitely affects me. Some, t- like, it was negative at first. Mm-hmm. But now I see it more as a positive, seeing God move through him and work through him and see what he's done through his life.
0: So you're getting to see God work. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's helping to see God work in your life. As well, because if you're seeing it, he's working in you mm-hmm. to recognize that. So, what kind of changes do you think have happened to you on your walk in faith and then the faith in your athletics? Which, by the way, I'd love to get you on my podcast <laughs> okay. sometime for an interview when we can talk about track and powerlifting. Yeah. Um, but how has this growth in your faith happened during this time
2: it's been tremendous so I'm also one of our leaders in FCA okay which helps with that but my walk with the Lord has gotten so much stronger so much deeper um, I'm really involved with our church too now okay um, and I try to do things for but it's it's gotten a lot stronger and especially with we'll have like family Bible time Mm -hmm. together too. And I always love that, but it's gotten so much deeper and so much more focused on him.
0: Do you feel that um, your growth is shown outwardly to like the people around you, to your friends, teammates? I,
2: I hope so. I can't say because I don't want to speak for myself, but I feel like I've been trying and I really hope it is showing through.
0: Do you, um, has anybody come up to talk to you about it or?
2: Um, I've had a friend of mine who was, um, she's a freshman this year. I love her. She was asking me, she was like, how do you do it? Like with everything, she was like, I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, I do it through the Lord. Like I put my faith in him and that's the only way you can't do it. Yes. Like there's no way you're going to get through this if you don't have him. And so that really showed me that, like, I'm doing a good job so far.
0: Yeah, and somebody's noticed. I mean, it may not be the whole team or a whole classroom, but you've had an impact on somebody's Mm -hmm. life, just one person, and that seed's been planted. Now, whether it's you or somebody else that waters it, that Mm -hmm. person's got, you know, that seed there. Yeah. Yeah and something to think about you know she can't do it without the lord Mm -hmm. which i think people underestimate pull yourself up by your bootstraps be tough um but really the people that find joy and peace during these hard times you know they do find it through the lord they have Mm -hmm. outlets you know they they power lift and basketball Mm -hmm. or athletic tape somebody but the ultimate joy and peace the peace mm-hmm. comes through the Lord. Yes. You might enjoy what you're doing, but that doesn't mean you're at peace. Yeah. So, well, that's wonderful. So how has this helped your relationship with your mom and dad?
2: It's gotten, I've always been close with my parents, but it's definitely gotten a lot stronger. I love doing stuff with them. My mom's, like, my best friend, she knows everything. So is my dad. I love him. It's just gotten so much stronger. And I feel like most kids will, like, once they're a teenager, they kind of, like, try to separate from their parents, and they're, like, Mm, I just want to get closer to them like it's I can just rely on them for anything and I come to them with everything and everything and I just feel like so safe around them and I just feel like They're the best people ever.
0: That's wonderful because you're right, you know people come teenagers they're locking themselves in their room and separating going out and not telling their parents where they're going mm-hmm. or what time they're coming home and parents worry. So you're kind of going the opposite direction through this walk. Like you said, you were already close. Mm-hmm. And I think um, your faith in your relationship with Christ has already had a big impact and that your parents modeling all that too has um, probably helped you to be there mm-hmm. to, at the start of that to begin with and just want to crave it more. Yeah, That's really wonderful. Well, I thank you for taking this time. Of course, thank you. Bron, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to sit with me. Um, Young man, busy playing football, um, trying to do stuff around the house. You just went hunting with your dad, deer camp. Yes, ma'am. Something last year you guys weren't sure you were going to be able to do, and there you are. I I saw you came home with a successful um, hunt. Yes, ma'am. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little about yourself. What do you do? What sports?
4: Well... Um, so, school sports, I do football, and I do track, and then, um, well, that's about it, and then, um, I'll do BJJ sometimes, you know, Brazilian martial arts, stuff yeah. like that, and then, uh, that's really the only sports I do, and then, um. Sounds pretty busy, though. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> Sounds pretty busy. Staying out of trouble, because you're too busy to get into trouble. Right, yes, ma'am. That's awesome. So, what position are you playing in football?
4: I play running back and middle linebacker.
0: Okay. Learned, but learned a lot about what those positions are and what they do. I like right. had to learn more about football, taking on a media company that specializes in football.
4: Yes,
0: ma'am. So, well, great. Um, so, how old were you when you came to Christ? Well, funny thing
4: is, I was seven, too. I believe it was Christmas in 2016, 20, 20, 17, right? 20, yeah, 2017, right? Yeah, 17, yeah. 16, same difference. But, um, it was on Christmas, and you know, I had asked my parents. They didn't ask me; I asked them. You know, because I wanted to be—I wanted it pretty bad. Like I, you know, I was digging to be a Christian, because I, you know, wanted to be one for a while. I just asked them now, and you know, there I was. I accepted Christ, and I—it's an awesome experience.
0: Christmas. That's a pretty awesome time to do it. So let me ask you: You said something you wanted to be one for a long time. Was it you truly had a desire growing in you to be one, or that? desire grew over time or was it did you start out with well they're Christian so I
4: want to be a Christian um I had the desire to be one I didn't want to so me and my dad actually talked about this a while back or it was sometime and we talked about how some people just want to be Christian because oh my parents are Christian so they asked me oh you want to be Christian you ready to be Christian you ready to be Christian and say oh sure I'll go you know yeah, might as well the
0: walk down the right
4: and there's a But there's another purpose, like, you want to be that Christian. And that's where I was. I wanted to be a Christian because I wanted to.
0: You're ready to crawl over everybody in the pews to get up there to do it at that Mm -hmm. point. Yes, ma'am. You did it here at home with your family, and that must have been pretty sweet.
4: Oh, that was awesome. I love doing it with that family because, you know, all they've done for me and doing that with me, it's, you know, it was awesome for me.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And I just, I'm still picturing that time, you know, it's during, it's on Christmas day. So that's really wonderful. So how does that faith walk with you in your sport and you being on the field? How do you, you know, you've got the highs and the lows, you know, the wins, the losses. I don't know if you've suffered injuries or not, or come across people who are just ugly on the field, be it your team or another team that you're playing against. How, how has that affected your walk or how has your walk affected how you respond to that?
4: Um, well, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I can uh, I can get, you know, I'm trying to work on this and I'm going to not do it next year. It's sometimes, you know, and I felt so bad about it, you know, I'll stand up, you know, like throw my palms up and that, you know, I, I felt really bad about that. That was not good of me. You know, I was, oh, it's, you know, but I feel like one thing that's affected my walk of Christ is how before every game with my team, I do devotion. And, like, because we have this little stage where we are in our middle school gym. It's like an old stage. They sit up there, and I preach to them and stuff. And I, you know, talk about it at the game, how we need to care ourselves like men. You know, and, um, you know, thats I think that's one thing that's really affected it because I love talking to them about the gospel. You know, all my buddies love it, too, because all my buddies are Christians, you know. And, makes, that um, makes your walk a little
0: mm, easier in the sense of who you're surrounding yourself with. Yes, ma'am.
4: With. And there's one buddy, actually, who, you know who wasn't a christian Mm -hmm. and me and him walked through and it was it was an awesome experience and he um you know he's one of my he's a really good friend of mine he still is and um you know it was really cool because he accepted christ
0: yeah and you're at an age too and your sister also where it's not the cool thing to do or a lot of kids don't want to do that and they shy away from it and here, you know, you, your sister, your family—that's something you embrace and you really put out there, and you're both really active in it, and you're leading devotionals before games. So that's pretty awesome. How do your teammates take that?
4: Um. Well. Mix. Um. I don't know. I want. I don't want to speak. I don't want to put words in the mouth. Understandable. You know, but I feel like some of them, a lot of them, come up and shake my hand and hug me after that and say, you know, I appreciate you doing this and thank you, you know, and all that. But I don't want to put words in their mouth, like I said. I yeah. kind of want to. Not everybody's
0: you know. probably, you know. Yeah. I don't know what the right word would even be, but it's not non accepting, just they're like, okay, whatever oh, yeah. for now. Oh, and yeah. these are the people that want to hear it and mm-hmm. be a part of it at the moment. But that's still awesome that you continue to do it and that you've got the um, insight to say, you know, I can't really put words in their mouth, but these people are thankful for it. And that's amazing and that you still do it regardless you don't have everybody and hopefully that's affecting some people you know your yes, walk ma'am. is showing people that it can be done on the football field which i know is intense i'm, I'm down on the sidelines on thursdays and fridays and I, I i get to hear what goes on on the sidelines or in the yeah. tunnels and um it's fascinating yeah <laughs> it's a uh, Eye-opening, uh, and I, I get the hype and the excitement and the intensity that goes on down there. So I can imagine that it can be hard on the field, but when you set that example, it shows it can be done, and others can follow you. Spam. So when your dad was diagnosed with leukemia and came home and told you, how, how did that? How did that hit you?
4: Well, you know how I found out is I was at Peyton's basketball game actually, and um, you know. Everybody says, hey, Bron, is your mom okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, you know, what are you saying? And then Coach Hines, our teacher, comes up to me and says, Bron, your mom's crying a lot. But so, you know, I run out there and I see what's going on. My mom's, like, crying. And I'm like, are you okay? And she says, you know, your dad's diagnosed with cancer. And I, I was, I was oh. speechless. I, I didn't know what to I'm feel.
0: I'm like ready to
4: cry. Because <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like, you know, I was thinking the same thing my dad did is, like, Will he get to see me play high school football? You know, will he get to see me? You know, do what he's always wanted to see me do? You know, would he see me when I go to deer camp with him? Would I hunt with him again? You know, what I do, all this thing, and I, you know, and I went blank for a second. I just didn't. I was just lost. Yeah, I was in my it. own world. That's a
0: lot for you. Were probably at seventh grade, so twelve, thirteen, yes, ma'am. right around there. That's a lot to process for a young man. So uh, you got that. You got your mom there with you, and um, I'm sure that. After the shock wore off, you had other feelings. Oh, yes, ma'am. How do you feel that's helped your, uh, first off, your walk? How has that helped you through this process?
4: Well, you know, if it weren't for that man right there, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't know. And I feel like ever since he's been diagnosed with cancer, he's shown me some things that have changed my life for sure. I've always been a Christian. I know that for a fact but how it's helped my walk with Christ and the things he's shown me, the things that happened to his, him in his life, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'll come in here, he'll sit, before we ever wake up, he'll sit in here and read his Bible. And I'm like, well, that's a dedication, so then I want to do it. You know, I see him doing it, and, I, you know, he's the head of the home. He's, you know, big the and stuff. Role model. Right? He's the He's
0: the head of this house.
4: And just because he's big and stuff doesn't mean he can't do that. And he comes out here and still does it, and I'm like, I you know I need to do that too. So I want to start you know, and he's influencing me. That's what I want to be my influence is him. You know.
0: So his his walk through this is showing you how to handle some of these tough situations. Life is still continuing. What are you gonna do? And right. Obviously, your family has chosen to dedicate their time and their life to God. Yes, ma'am. And that you are also following in that path and trying to live up to it as yes, well. That's pretty wonderful. So how do you feel this has helped your family grow? Like, has your relationship with your dad grown closer?
4: Oh, yes, ma'am. You know, every moment I get to spend with him, I cherish. Because last year, I didn't know if I was going to spend a moment with him, you yeah. know? I, uh, man, every time we go to deer camp this week, I felt like, oh, man, it, it was different that year. It was different this week, last weekend whenever we went there. Because I thought we might have not been here, you know. Yeah. We have might not have been here, but us, you know. Like I was saying, like praise the Lord that we're here, you know. And whenever I got to shoot that buck with him in that stand, I, you know, even if he wasn't that stand, he'd still be happy with it. Since he was in that stand with me, whenever I shot that, kind that of special. that made it more special. Because like I said, I don't know if I was going to shoot that buck with him in there. I don't know if I was going to be there, you know. And that's. Um, <laughs> Man, every moment with that, you know, it, it was uh, every moment I, c- I can get with him. It's made our relationship go stronger and help my whole family, you know. My mom, too, you know, because I know. my sister, too. My si- oh, yeah, my sister, <laughs> you know.
0: I know how brothers and sisters
4: fight. Oh, I mean, my sister's awesome. I would not trade her for any other sister in the world. She is, she's a great sister to have. She is, I mean, we fought before, uh, but now that we're getting older, you know, she. She's really, she's chill. She's awesome, you know. She, you know, we're riding in the truck. She plays Christian music, you know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know. But um, I'm not saying I'm not saying I never said like that. I was saying like sometimes, you know.
0: For those who can't tell, the family yeah. is off to the side watching these interviews as we do them. So <laughs> little interaction going on.
4: But it was like she's she's awesome. My mom, man. She, she does a lot for me. She, cook, she cooks meals every night. You know, she um, takes care of the house, takes care of my room. Man, she gets on to me about that stuff sometimes. And, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm she does. She's normal at this age. Oh, I and, know. It, you know, I appreciate it, though, because, you know, my room would be piled with the junk if it weren't for her. You know, she cleans. <laughs> you know, she cleans everything, and sometimes, you know, I'm disrespectful to her, but she, yeah, she don't put up with it. I'll say that. She don't put up with none of that. <laughs> she don't put up with it.
0: Well it sounds like you're learning though. So that yes. when you become a man yes, you will know man. how it's supposed to be. So
4: that's right. this is, is
0: probably the fun part of the interview. It like, is. All the all the, the funny stuff's coming out right now. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome, you know, the faith... <laughs> I think it sounds like your family was close before yes, the cancer. Yes, but yes the ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. The cancer taught you guys a lot of lessons in your faith walk and your togetherness as a family, and I think that's very wonderful. Yes, ma'am. And next year you'll be moving up to high school. Yes, ma'am. So possibly being coached by your daddy. Oh,
4: I hope, and so, I know I will.
0: So he won't just see you play football, but he'll be able to coach you as well.
4: Yes, ma'am. And you'll
0: get to follow his lead on the field.
4: Yes, ma'am. That's a, you know, the only thing that makes a difference, I'm not an old lineman. You know, my my old man was an old lineman. He, weren't you in center, right, in high school? Yep, center. You know, that's, in my opinion, that's the hardest position on the field that you can get because you got to snap the ball, and as soon as you snap the ball, you got to go up and block some, like, 300-pound dude, you know, especially yeah. in high school.
0: Uh, you know, personally don't know, but um, I've watched it. Not something I'm 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 down for. Yeah. So I, I I have been hit by a football player, and he was not a 300-pound football player. So I I can only imagine.
4: Oh, <laughs> that was gonna throw through a lot. But yeah, that's um you know being coached by him is uh it's a blessing. That's for sure.
0: Will be a amazing time to watch how your family continues to grow and demonstrate their faith as you progress on yes, this. Yes ma'am. Well, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. You guys have had quite a story as a family, and I am so grateful that you've let me come here so that I can talk to you and share it with whoever watches one person or 1,000 people or 10,000 people, and I'm so grateful. It is quite a journey your family has been on, and um, your faith it all and everything you do from getting up in the morning to spending time as a family in Bible study to expressing it in your sports at school in your job with these young men leading them on the field and you just raising your family through it all is truly amazing and we thank you and L4 Media thanks you for letting us come in to do this and just hopefully inspire people that God is real and that he has a plan and faith is what it takes to walk through it because faith is believing in something that you can't tangibly see. But I think God gives us little little glimpses of here and there. See, you can see it. You can tangibly get it. Mm -hmm. So anything you want to share with us?
1: Yes, the thank you for coming out, and I appreciate L4 Media allowing us to tell God's story. And um, the last thing I'd say on behalf of my family, um, in the words of, of Joshua, the great leader, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, but we all have to choose. Choose this day who you will serve. And um, something that I tell my son before every game and tell my team is uh, the Hebrew war cry, amats, be strong and of good courage. Uh, so just as Joshua, Yeshua, in Hebrew, led the children of Israel on the conquest of the promised land, Jesus, Yeshua, in Hebrew, uh, leads us into eternity, into salvation, because of what he did, not because of anything we can do.
0: It's been an honor and a pleasure to get to know Coach Johnson and his family, to have the opportunity to share in his walk of faith, to see how he spends time with his family, how he coached his football boys, and to learn of his walk with Christ. To hear how he went from the diagnosis a little over a year ago of cancer and wondering if he would get to do the things that a husband and father often get to do as each year progresses to a year later, walking through this, standing firm in his faith and willing to share with anybody who would take the time to listen. The battle for Coach Johnson is far from over, but remains inspiring nonetheless. He has a peace as he moves forward knowing that his life, first and foremost,
3: belongs to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.